Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to the Sobertown podcast. This is your two-for-one special. My name is Polly, and as we know, Karina is still can-amming around the UK, and I have with me a very special co-host who is about to introduce herself. Well, go ahead, darling. Well, good morning, Polly. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Introduce yourselves. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, audience. There's a lot of people on this sober train. Good morning to you. My name is King13 and commonly known as Debs. And here I am with the lovely Polly sitting in <laughs> for Karina, who's can-amming her way around the UK. Yes. And we have what we feel is going to be a really, really useful podcast for anybody. And we are going to be discussing vulnerability. Vulnerability. It's a tough one for people to allow themselves to be. But Debs has got the definition for you, and she's going to tell us the definition of vulnerability. Go ahead, Debs. Yeah, thanks, Polly. Um, The definition of vulnerability is allowing ourselves to be raw, uncensored, and open about our personal truths, thoughts, experiences, and fears. Mm, A lot in there. Yeah. um, I actually listened to... um, There's one person that I've listened to and our good friend Drifter pointed her out to me. I had heard of her before and she actually does some wonderful Ted talks. She's got books. The, um, I don't know if you've read her, Brene Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Shame and vulnerability. Russell Mm -hmm. Brand actually did a wonderful podcast, a wonderful um, Ted talk or YouTube, whatever you want to look for talking about vulnerability and how he uses Brene Brown's uh, definition of uh, vulnerability in his own life. Um, What have you, I mean, you're like me, you like rabbit holes, give you a subject Mm -hmm. and away you go. So Mm -hmm. you delve down some rabbit holes. So um, tell us what you found out about uh, vulnerability. Yeah, look, it's very interesting. I was doing a little research when we were chatting last night and in a nutshell, vulnerability is trust is trust in action. And a lot of people perceive, there's a lot of myths, unfortunately, about vulnerability and they're not always positive. Uh, firstly, they say it's a sign of weakness. And, nope. I, yeah, I could not disagree more. Uh, it takes a lot of courage, as you and I both know, to be vulnerable. Yes, yes as are everybody on the IAS. It's courage just to be on IAS, full stop. Uh, You open yourself up right there. Vulnerability is truth. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly, that's (laughs) exactly, exactly it. It is truth. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, it also comes, um, you know, the the idea that you're going to be judged, but really you deserve respect to be willing to be vulnerable. Don't you agree? Yes, I totally agree, because um, if you don't allow yourself, being vulnerable is having courage. Mm -hmm. It's not a weakness, it's courage. And if you're not vulnerable, you're in denial. You're just not, you're just not being honest. Um, At the end of the day, you have to be honest with yourself, because to become vulnerable and you are encouraged within recovery. It doesn't matter what you're recovering from. 
-hmm. you're encouraged within uh, recovery to be vulnerable because when you're vulnerable, you can put your hand up and you can say, excuse me, I need some help over here. It's, and and that, take, that takes courage to admit that you don't know something, you can't do something. As an adult, as a child, that children can do it. I love children because they just got, yeah. you know, they just go all at it, no fear. Uh, but when we become adults, we have this, like you say, acceptance. It's a fear that we're not good enough. We can't do it, etc. But once you allow yourself to put your hand up and say, um, I need some help over here. There's nothing weak in it. You're showing courage. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And they say that also, you know, to, to be vulnerable and have healthy and honest communication is only really when you forge really deep, positive relationships. Yeah. Um, you can't afford to hide any longer who you really are because at the end of the day, if you're hiding, you're not being true to yourself and you're not being true to those around you. You know, it's like you said, with um, the examples of being vulnerability, you know, it, it's so true. Asking for help is something that I think <laughs> I know for myself yeah. is very difficult to do. I'm basically a leader, not a follower. That's what I've had to do my entire life. And when you're very, very young, everybody's innocent and you're vulnerable and you mm -hmm. go with what you're told and what you experience until you experience something like trauma or severe pain and then the trust is immediately shattered and we carry that with us into adulthood and it's a very, very big door to open. Yeah, because um, the one thing we try and maintain in adulthood is control. Correct. And we think when you, you could go to the AA steps and take step one, admitting you're powerless well that is your first step in admitting you're vulnerable you're not in control because when you let go of tight controls it's like we hear the expression helicopter parents this is nothing to do with pop <laughs> this is a, a, a little digress I suppose you hear about helicopter parents parents who cannot let their children go they have to maintain that tight control you hear of parents who they need to know where their children are 24-7. They don't trust. There's just no trust there. Um, I had three boys that I had to allow to grow up. Painful as it is, you have to, uh, at some point, trust them in that you've taught them the good foundations you know, of life. And you have to learn to trust. Because once you trust, then you can let go of the control a bit. And it's almost the same with yourself. You have to trust yourself. And I didn't trust myself to be able to stop drinking. I didn't trust myself in drinking. True. Exactly. What did we do? What did I roll do? with the punches. I'd roll and cross my fingers and toes and hope for the best that everything would work out okay when I wake up in the morning. And you said about um, developing meaningful relationships. Mm -hmm. That is a fundamental of um, recovery and it's also a fundamental of vulnerability because there are Brene Brown um, does three C's for vulnerability. It's courage. Mm -hmm. 
compassion. And once you've got the courage and the compassion, you can have the connection. Because without the connection, you can't be vulnerable. You have to have connection. You can't be vulnerable on your own. You have to have connections to others who will allow you to be vulnerable with them and will give you the feedback. It's, and connection gives you a purpose. As we know, once I came into I Am Sober, I mean, I'd been sober before, but I didn't make connections. It's just, well, I wasn't sober before. I wasn't drinking is all I can say about it. I didn't make connections. This time I have made connections and I've let my feelings out. I've been vulnerable. I've surrendered. There are a few words in um, recovery. Surrender is a huge word because, and to me, surrender and vulnerability can go together because once you surrender to the fact that your life's out of control, you've opened yourself up to everything. You can't mm. go any lower. No, you're right. Everything's on the table. Yeah. You've reached uh, from once you've reached that lowest point. It's like knocking down the house, taking the house right down to the foundations. Um, because the house was rotten. And that's when it gets really scary. <laughs> yeah, fear. <laughs> what the f- am I doing now? <laughs> but you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. You think, holy shit, I've just actually admitted to this. And now what? Um, because there's a great risk at then your own fear of, oh my God, what have I done? But the risk is worth the reward, but you just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you only know it as we know as we get along in this journey and we're faced with different things. And I think you're totally right about the bonds that you have. I mean, I'm lucky. I've had a lot of friends since I was very, very young. And I seek my friends very carefully. And I'm a one-on-one girl. I really like to have those one-on-one connections. But they're the people that know me and have been honest. They know that I drink. They know I've always drunk. And um, luckily, I've been able to maintain them because I do show that compassion and I do care. And I am a really good friend. They, I didn't always drink super heavily around them, even my best friends, unless I was sort of going home for Christmas. But you're right, with a lot of other people, you know, I was laughing because I was going through my phone the other day and I'm saying to myself, who are these people? I don't even, there's people I've met up in bars with or at lunch and I've seen them once, I don't even know. So I had to clear my phone out. I think I got rid of like 100 people in my phone that I don't keep in contact with anymore. But isn't it good? Didn't that feel good to you? <laughs> Clearing out the old. It's like it's like going I was, in. I went and it's I like bought. Like a new closet. Yeah. If you haven't worn it, right? I was going to say it's exactly the same out. thing. Oh. It's like it's like doing the goodwill <laughs> thing, you know. You yeah. know, well, I don't need that, and I don't need that, and that's useless <laughs> now. And <laughs> yeah, I'll keep her. I'll throw her. I'll keep him. I'll throw him. It's, it sounds awful, but it really is a no, thing it's not. of those that it's matter not. to you. Yeah, because. And vulnerability means showing up and being seen. And the people we allow to see us are those that know us. Right, right. You know, those are the people that um, we want to show up for. And 
one thing I did when I was I found in the research was um, when I was first in IIS and people were struggling and, you know, we would say to them, come on, get your armor on for the weekend, you know, mm-hmm. get your, you know, put your armor on. One of the things, um, and I did look into vulnerability and as I say, uh, Drifter pointed me in this, in this direction and I got quite in, into it was that, Yes, you can have your armor on, but you need to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And that means opening up your breastplate and just being naked virtually. Um, And that's, that's naked with everything you've got inside you. And we did one, we talked in our ladies groups actually about self-care and I suppose this has only just occurred to me. You know me. I I have these little light bulbs as I'm going to You certainly do. <laughs> just roll with the punches and, with Polly. Yeah. And vulnerability <laughs> is actually a huge self-care because we talked in our groups about self-care isn't just having your nails done, your hair done, a pedicure, you know, your pedicure and all that. Self-care is internal. It's inside. It's taking care of, I suppose, your spiritual self, you could call it. That's right. Um, it's like our, our friend said today on um, Sober Warriors. You know, the outside's got to match the inside. Mm-hmm. It really does. And we think the f- worst thing about vulnerability, it's a bit like when you're drinking, it leads to isolation and that's detrimental to our health. Mm-hmm. This recovery is not an I thing. It's a we thing. And we need these other people. We need to be vulnerable and like you said, even in the steps, there is, even if it's just the one person that you share all your pain and trauma with, and when your time's ready, like you said, you've got to be in a safe place. You've got to be in a safe time. That's it. You've got to, once you get that all on the table and you get it out of yourself, then only then I believe you can have inner peace. That's what yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. And like I say, what you were just saying, we talked about it and we said that um, there are traumas in life. And I hadn't realized how much trauma I, I just mm. thought my husband's death was my husband's death. I didn't realize it was such a big, I hadn't used the word trauma around it. And we talked and we said that sometimes these things, they stay in the back of your mind until your mind lets you know that you are in a safe place that you can actually deal with this. You can't force these things. They have to happen naturally. And you have to learn to have, I mean, we talk about connections and we've got other people we're connected with. You have to have a connection with yourself. You have to have a deep and meaningful relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you are totally, and once you are totally honest with yourself, you've took yourself naked. There's no illusions. This is who you are. You're not hiding anything. Life becomes good. There's no secrecy anymore. It frees you. Yes. It, yeah, it does. And one of the things she says is that when she talks to people who allow themselves to be vulnerable, the majority of them live. Well, she did a lot of research on it, Brene Brown did. And these people she spoke to that allow themselves to be vulnerable, allow themselves to feel fear. Um, 
they live wholeheartedly because they don't live with any illusions. They feel that they're worthy. And anyone who's drawing breath is worthy. You might not feel it within, but you are. And you're here for a purpose. Who knows what it is? I don't know what mine is. I'll probably find out right at the end. You're doing but- it. <laughs> you're doing it right now. You know, the courage to be vulnerable, that is enormous. Yeah, and look, I don't know about you, but for me personally, um, the stuff that I've been holding on to, it would, it would like come up a lot, but I would push mm-hmm. it back down because of that fear, because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be super painful to face it. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, life is life. We've all, we're all holding some sort of pain or trauma. Nobody gets nobody gets a green card to go straight through. <laughs> no pun intended. Sorry, Americans. Nope. I know. But you just don't. You know, you don't get a past on this. And it's how, I guess, that we choose to actually um, deal with it. Um, and that's how we heal. You know, um, you've got to find solutions to these things. And with that, once you do, I think you get a boost in confidence. You know, you'll find the real com- companionship. You'll get a personal sense of freedom. It all comes together. It really does. You've got the social support. Um, you're not fighting your battles alone. I mean, a lot of people are alone on this journey. And when I set out, I didn't have anybody and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. That's why Sober Town has been such a huge part of my recovery. And I've said it and I'll say it again. I don't know if that I would be sober without it and without people like you and other people in our groups and the ladies' groups. And I grab onto everything I can and I try and learn as much as I can every day because there is so much out there as we both are discovering and we share together. You and I are going to do a podcast at some point. We're going to talk about tools Mm -hmm. and all the different types of tools because until recently, within the last 10 years, et cetera, even probably the last four or five People have, no, people have only known one way to go, which was AA. And Correct, yeah. We'll get back to vulnerability now, but you and I are going to do a podcast on all the different uh, ways of, um, of doing things. So getting back I've to... Just, yeah, I've just named it Learning Journeys. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> That's what we'll call it, the Learning Journeys. That'll be and the next one. The, people who do not delve into the emotional side of getting sober are not going to get sober. All they're doing is not drinking. Well, they're just stuck like yeah. I was. Yeah. And part of this is you just said you a lot of trauma. I had trauma mm-hmm. and we've spoken to others who two years after an event sat and cried and cried and cried mm-hmm. and didn't understand why it had hit them then. It's, And being vulnerable is actually confronting all the different emotions. Fear is one, and fear is huge because I don't know what's even happening this afternoon. I know I'm going to take my hubby to the movies, but that's about as much as I know. What's going to happen on the way? What's going to happen on the way back? You know, so there's always a certain amount of fear in not knowing what's going to happen, but I can't live in fear. I have to get on with my life. So while there are things out there, that, uh, and I'm a great believer in 
It's not the suck it up buttercup mentality because that to me is putting blinders on. It's like, this is life. I have to live it. I have to accept that there is fear in my life. I have to accept this happy. I have to accept the sad. So you, we're back to the acceptance and embracing your, your emotions. Yeah, and working out the best way that it works for you. Because we're, we're all, all individuals. Different. Yeah, we're all individuals. And you it's know. different for every one of us. Um, people think that courage is, I don't it, the definition of courage has always been someone who stands in, you know, in front to protect. Well, I say Other the definition of courage is turning up. Well, she always says that it's sh it's showing up and being seen. Yep, yep. And if you are truly down to your foundations, <laughs> and that could be an old-fashioned word, down to your foundations, <laughs> then, you know, you literally are. Liar for liar. No, yes, liar. <laughs> yeah. I can just see this Victorian woman now. I've got this picture in my mind. This woman stood there in her foundations. Get your hoop out, honey. Yeah, but bless my mom. My mom... Bless her heart, the was the same generation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where's my good, where's my good? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me yeah. going, get Don't back to found. the point, woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's good. See, look, there's an emotion, just one little conversation and we're tickled and we're happy. And that is one of the best parts of taking yourself back to absolute zero you can find the happy again and i don't how much more have you enjoyed and laughed in the just over six months you've been sober oh my god who is this girl <laughs> in fact even my sister and my niece i was on the phone with them yesterday in australia and they they were just we were actually roaring to the point where tears we couldn't get i couldn't catch my breath and my niece said to me, oh, my God, Auntie Debbie, who are you? <laughs> and it wasn't that I was never not jovial. It's just a lighter, higher, natural, I don't know what. It's just, just, and I'm just, she said, just so funny. And I said, oh, my God, because I knew, I realised how dull I'd become within mm -hmm. myself. It was just a grey shadow. And I, you know, it was buried, a lot of that. Now it's freedom and it's just I say what I think and it comes naturally and, if you laugh, you laugh, and if you don't, you know, I'll tell you something dirty or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like sarcastic, you know. Yeah. It's just you have fun with it. Like I said to you, we yeah, got to have fun on this journey. And look, as I said, getting back to vulnerability, it's easy for some people to open up and wear their heart on their sleeve, and for others, it's very, very difficult. And I am one of those ones that's probably in the more on the difficult side because trust doesn't come easy. Um, but I know what I like in people, and I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. I've met a lot of people in my time, and so far I've selected well. I haven't been hurt in my adult life by too many people, and that's a good thing, but I can't say the same for when I was a kid, you know, uh, but I had no control over it then, and I've learned to let go. I think that's a big part of it too. I, did I have control? I didn't think I did, but I probably did, but, again, I always had very strong boundaries. Boundaries were never an issue for me. If I didn't want you in my life, you just weren't, and that was it. And when I, the bad thing is when I cut off relationships, I just cut them off. Mm -hmm. And that's with exes too. I mean, I never spoke to any of my exes until recently, actually. I've spoken <laughs> to them all. So 
maybe it's sobriety. I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I've spoken to every single one of them in the last month. And only been like, well, there's three really good ones. I didn't have a lot, but, you know, I, and I was loyal to them. Like I'm loyal to ice cream and the rest of it. But, yep. yeah, no, we, no, but we, there was no hard feelings. It was just like, oh, hey, Deb, it's great to hear from you. How are you going? Or when I said to them, oh, my God, talk about a blast from the past. And, you know, it's lovely to be able to do that because we're all grown-ups. We've all got a past. Here we go with the connections again. Um, they, they help you grow. And also one thing about being vulnerable, when you, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and you sit with other people and allow them to be vulnerable, you become empathetic mm. because you can feel and you can relate. And the times we we read uh, people's emotions on the app, the struggles, mm. what they're mm. going through, and we can sit there and we can totally relate. We have huge empathy. Mm-hmm. And that it comes from being vulnerable and allowing yourself um, to let it out. And like you say, once you let it out, you let it go, a lot of it. It doesn't mean you have to do these harsh confrontations. No, you can, you know, you don't have to go delve so hard that it hurts so bad. I'm sure there's ways to do this a lot gentler Mm. um, and to, to bring out um, what needs to be brought out because once while it's inside, it always seems greater than it is. Mm -hmm. Once we bring it out into the open and we look at it and we embrace the fact that we were hurt, we hurt ourselves in the process that's start the start of vulnerability. And we're not weak. We are addressing issues that need to be dealt with. Not like I say, they don't have to be done harshly. But each time we deal with these things, we're putting them to sleep. You know, and yeah. everybody wants to feel that they're good enough. And the only way you're going to be good enough is to let yourself be vulnerable. Yeah. Because you've got to be good enough to yourself. Correct. And it's interesting because I know for me when I was growing up and and I I can sort of link it all together now, but I didn't want to be a bother to anybody in adult life, if that makes sense. I didn't want to be like sound like I had drama as a child. Didn't everybody? I thought everybody grew up like I did and went through what I went through. And I can remember going to a therapist and I ended up interviewing her, but that's another story. (laughs) I can imagine it. (laughs) She said to me, and it's just a sales thing, she Mm -hmm. said to me, oh, my God, did you really, is this really your life? And I said, well, yeah, but I don't think it's that, it's not that bad, is it? And she said, how long have you held on to all this? And I sort of told her. And it's really interesting because I just, Maybe I felt like I was just a nuisance to people as a child mm-hmm. and that's being kicked around, I think, um, and not literally, but, you, you know, being moved from here to there and going from Australia to England to Australia and all this sort of stuff. And it's just, yeah, it, linking it together is very, it's very important. It really is. It makes you understand that that other people do get it. 
I think mm-hmm. you also think people aren't going to get me. They're not going to understand me. They're not going to feel like it's going to be a waste of time. I'm still stuck with it. How can I get rid of it? I've lived with it all these years. It's not going to go away. Well, it does. And, and again, it gets back to trusting somebody. I think for me, there is no greater compliment than when somebody shares something really, really deep with me. And I've had a lot of even staff members do it where their partners have died or they've told me something that nobody else knows and they're really like terminally ill or something like that or just something that they're holding on to. And if I'm nothing else in this world, I am super empathetic. I really am. And I always put myself in somebody else's shoes. And I've always told people my door's open, you know. And here you go. We go back to what I was just saying about you can relate so you allow yourself to be vulnerable in knowing the things that it makes you stop and think, well, hang on. I know what this is about. Um, I'm not going to shove you away and say, pat you on the head and say, well done. You know, I'm sorry this has happened to you. You're going to sit with that person and you're going to help them um, go through the emotions that they're going to go through as an empath, because you can relate to the emotions that they are going through. And that is vulnerability. That's Mm. accepting your vulnerability. We're going to take a little quick break and we're going to come back and explore a little bit more of it. I am thoroughly enjoying this. I don't know about you, but I think it's time for a cup of tea. Absolutely. All righty then. We'll be back in a minute, folks. Off to the dining car. Well, hello, folks. Debs and I are back from the dining car. I have a nice big mug of tea, and I think you have as well, do you, darling? I certainly do. I'm on the herbal, 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 herbal girl. Oh, yeah. no, I got caffeine. <laughs> I'm caffeinated. Um, when we were doing some research for this, uh, oh. like you, I went down my rabbit holes. Um, I looked at vulnerability in recovery, which is where we are. We're in recovery. Um, we're not sick. Um, we haven't got a disease. I'm sorry, folks. I haven't got a disease. I had a very bad, I had a very bad habit. Smoking isn't a disease. It's a very bad habit. And I have recovered from smoking. So I'm recovering from alcohol, but I digress. This one says there are six reasons why being vulnerable in recovery can benefit you. But first, I'll read this, that uh, many definitions of the word vulnerability abound. But the best one for this purpose would be to say that it's about being open emotionally and intellectually. People can have all types of mental defenses that they use to protect themselves from potential threats. For example, arrogance can be used to hide the fact that the person is dealing with low self-esteem. The inner walls of protection may protect the ego, but it can also mean that you are so closed that you become trapped in in conditions such as addiction. That is um, the the mask we all put on that we hide behind in addiction. And it's to hide from the emotions of life. And the amount of people, I mean... Mine was um, fear, stress, whatever emotion you want to put on it. I could probably list them. But in some ways, they were all 
to my thinking now, now where, where I am in my sobriety now, to my thinking, they were my excuse for not facing life. Mm. Yeah. Um, because emotions are raw, like we've said, you know, and when you open your, yourself up to being vulnerable, you're showing your emotions and yourself to everybody else. These six reasons, number one is if you become, in order to be able to help yourself in recovery, you need to become vulnerable so that you can, that, uh, so that others can help you. Here we go with the empathy, <coughs> the empathy thing again, because some people, like you say, you struggle with asking for help. Mm-hmm. Why? Up until I, I'm thinking that your thinking on that one has changed now with the way this journey is going. But did you prior to this think that you asking for help meant that you, um, you weren't, you weren't good enough, or you, um, you were weak. Um, you know, God love her and bless her soul. My mother, she was just a tough character. If I came home with, like, if I got, I got picked on at school a lot because I changed schools a lot. Mm-hmm. And if I come home and said, "Mum, you know, someone was bullying me," she said, "Well, get your butt back out there and go kick their ass." There was no empathy ever from my mother. She taught me how to be tough. But having said, having said that, I was a very nervous, sort of insecure, neurotic kid. There was no reason back in Wales at the start for the first five years of my life why I should have felt that way, which is interesting. There was just an inbuilt anxiety. And yeah. some people may be able to relate to that. But my mother, I think, knew that she had to condition me to be tough. Otherwise, I was going to get crushed in this world. Like if someone picked on me at school, I'd just cry. I didn't know what to do, so I cried. I couldn't stick up for myself. And then getting into high school, I went completely the opposite. Do you know what I mean? I threw an egg at a guy. I was fighting people, and, and people said, don't go near her. She'll clobber you. And this is so yeah, that... one extreme to the other. Typical addict, <laughs> one extreme to the other. <laughs> but it's, there you were with what we were just talking about, with the definition of the vulnerability is, you put up the walls to protect yourself because if you'd have, if people probably not within your hearing, I mean, we've done it ourselves, would have turned around and said, oh, look at her. She's a sensitive child. Which makes you a target. Unfairly. And that's human nature because we, yeah, yeah. And we can't yeah, change pick that. On. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get um, that. And Putting up the walls were to protect your sensitivity. Unfortunately, mm. the walls stayed up a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it affected, um, we talk about relationships, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. I've had people say to me, Deb, we can just never, ever, ever really, really get close to you. So they, I'd let them in 75% and the doors would slam down and that was it. You weren't getting any further. And that was my protective mode. But it's a lonely place. Um, it, it can be a lonely place because you I think cannot you're not, be open. Well, you're not experiencing that that true, deep, deep relationship, mm-hmm. you know, like the, to off. its fullest. To, to its fullest. 
Yeah. You know, it was on my terms all the time. Um, and that's when the control came, sort of control came into the relationships. Like I'd give, I'd be, I'd give so much, enough. <laughs> you know, then we go back but, to the control thing again, maintaining was, that control. Because I didn't um, want to get hurt. That's it. Um, I was going to hurt you before you hurt me. Tip for tap. And I've actually had this conversation this morning about tip for it tap. It sounds terrible. I sound like an absolute asshole. No, 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 no. I was no, really nice. No, no it's not. It, you, you're probably the same as a lot of people. Well, no, probably about it. You are the same <laughs> as a lot of people. And, I mean, when people start looking and really realizing things, they think, Jesus Christ, I'm a normal person. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I have feelings uh, like everybody else. I get hurt like everybody else. It's all right to be hurt. But the tit for tat thing, I did have this conversation this morning. Um, well, someone said about it and I gave a response because the one thing I always told my, my sons, don't ever engage in tit for tat. Tit for tat doesn't work. Mm, mm, yeah. All tit for tat does is escalate a bad situation into a shit storm in a way. Yeah. Be the bigger person and walk away. Diffuse the mm. situation by leaving it. Yeah, I learned that. Thank God in time. Yeah. <laughs> it's the old pause. You know, it, it's, it's being proactive instead of reactive. It's a harsh thing. It's a hard thing to learn because... The human reaction is, I'll oh, punch your lights out. <laughs> you know? Well, my mum told it's, me to. <laughs> mum said it's all right. I can do it. <laughs> she, I know she was. Oh, she was a yeah, She was um. She was a, a feisty little Welsh woman. Yeah. But if you look, that's a different generation. It's the way they were brought up. So, in defence yeah. of your mom, that's yeah. No, you know, it was a tough life. My oh, yeah, mom had it. a tough life. My mom used to get smacked around the head by her dad. Oh, Nowadays, my mom was a devil. Mum was mum was mum was cheeky as hell. Yeah. My dad was my grandfather on my mother's side was a, a drunken old Irishman. And I'm sorry to all Irishmen. I'm not labeling you all the same. This was just <laughs> we my don't know any grandfather. drunken old Irishmen. No, we? no, we don't. <laughs> um, but sorry. you know, with a name like I mean, bless his name. His name was Cornelius. And, um, yeah, he probably took a lot of stick for that as well, which is probably uh, why, that's probably why he was very, very. um, They had funny names in those days, darling. Um, And he, you know, uh, that was the way they they did things. There's nothing. Yes. You know, we're defending um, what we went through. But in actual fact, what we went through is the way life was at that time. They were in war mode, darling. Post, <laughs> yeah, post-war, <laughs> yeah, people were still struggling, exactly. um, yeah. you know, trying to find. Depression, all that. Yeah, yeah trying yeah. to find their way. So, I mean, there are reasons, and yeah, I'm not making were, excuses. The times were tough. Yeah, they were yes. tough. You're right. My mom, my dad was in the service. My dad was in the army. So, like you, we traveled around a lot. So, every mm-hmm. time you just settled in a place and made a friend, boom, off yeah. you go. Yeah. So, connections were hard for me. Mm. Um, I didn't really make connections and there were no letter writings Mm. to people afterwards, this, that, and the other, but that's beside the point. And I was, I was a cry baby. I was little, or as my mom used to say, I was a little titty baby. 
she used to turn around and say, oh, for Christ's sake, don't be such a titty baby. You know, <laughs> so little. <laughs> oh, well, you, maybe they know each other, yours and mine. <laughs> I told you about the story once when I'd cry in a movie. I think your mum and my mum were probably best mates at some point. <laughs> no, I told you that. I can remember crying in the movie and when I was about six and mum turned around and said to me, what are you crying for? There's cameraman there. It's just a movie, for God's she sake. Would, she would just snap me out of any situation that I was sensitive in. It was, And it was actually good for me in the end, I've got to say, because she taught me how to take on the world, and I did. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did. I got out there and did it, yeah. They, they did the best with the resources they had. And, it was tough life, you know, and, Yeah, yeah. Um, my mum brought me up differently to how her mum and dad brought her up, and then I've done the same with mine, and now my children are doing the same with theirs. You know, it's all each generation does it differently. And that's hum, that's that's life. You know, um, number two on this list, as we said, number one was once you admit your vulnerability, it means you can ask for help. You know, this hurts. I need help, etc. You know, um, how do I get past this? Who do I talk to, etc. Putting your hand up and asking for help is your first the first real thing you can do in recovery. But it also means that once you admit these things, that you can start to help yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you and I know, helping ourselves meant getting into I am sober, delving into quit lit, listening to other people and how they did it. Um, No longer having to put on that tough act, able to take the armor off, take the mask off, and be yourself. Take, like yeah. I said, knock the house down, start <clears throat> from the foundations and just start building up a strong structure. It's funny you say that, you know, because when I started out, and this is how I approached it, and anyone's welcome to do this, it may help, it may not. Mm-hmm. I approached it like it was two Debs. There was the sober Deb I aspired to be, and then there was the drunken Deb that was trying to be sober. And I taught myself, I said to myself, okay, you're going to be two things to yourself, Deb. You're going to be your best friend and you're going to be your own coach. And so what I did, I thought, how would you go through this with like holding your best best friend's hand? And mm-hmm. this is how I've approached it. I really have. So then again, I would treat my best friend with kindness. I treat my best friend with understanding, with empathy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the tools, yeah. all these things. And I really have, I had to separate the two because I didn't want to deal with drunk Deb she didn't deserve it she didn't deserve it just thinking you know you've made your bed you goddamn lie in it and mum used to say that too oh yeah so having to just again be vulnerable to this and it's like I said to Karina about the child in me I still haven't got quite that far yet I'm working on that but it's that's that's way down there um you know you've got to and then I was coaching myself through it just like the Olympics, just like anything where you want to be the best at what you can be. And that mm-hmm. was my goal when I set out to be the best version of myself and the healthiest. <laughs> so much for the healthiest. <laughs> but the, the expression progress, not perfection. So, I mean, Correct. things happen in mm-hmm. their own time. And it's like everything yeah. in life, think, there's, there's a time and a, uh, for everything that happens within our lives. I'm a great believer in that more so now than ever that, you know, the stars align or whatever you want to say, there are spiritual people amongst us that truly believe Definitely. these things. Yeah. And I, I do believe that at some point everything comes together and coalesces into the place you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saying that you 
you took your own hand and you encouraged yourself, you loved yourself, you were you opened yourself up to yourself. You became your own best friend, like you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had empathy for yourself. When you were afraid, you talked yourself through it. And mm-hmm. I think that's that is huge because that is accepting who you are. This is me. Mm. Warts and all. Oh, yeah, there were parts I didn't like. Yeah, Yeah. it's funny because my best friend always says to me, Deb, you've never been in denial. You always tell us everything that's wrong with you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the first to admit it. (laughs) There's different kinds of denial, though. I mean, Uh, we were in denial when we were drinking because we didn't think we had a problem. Oh, Oh, yeah, that part was, yeah. That was the one thing that I was never honest. Well, I I knew it. I would joke and say, oh, yeah, I know I drink too much. But I never said, oh, shit, I'm in deep shit. How do I get out of this <laughs> to you anybody? Know. And, again, mm-hmm. it gets back to I didn't reach out. Mm-hmm. I, I just I was too stubborn, and I know it now. That's one of my faults. I was too damn stubborn to reach out, and I thought, I can, you know, when I'm ready, I'll conquer this. <laughs> there we go. Oh, we go Lord. back to um, arrogance. It's oh, used to yeah. hide. When I was ready on my terms, I'll, do, I'll deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number three, because well, like we say, you, you can start helping yourself. And how we helped ourselves was I am sober has been my huge, my biggest tool. And oh, the absolutely. connections, the connections I've made with uh people who I can be vulnerable with, who mm. understand the sober journey. People I can relate to, like you say, um, people that you can become friends with. There are different people that different different stages of their sobriety have all got mm-hmm. something to offer you. Absolutely. It's just magnificent. Yeah. Um, we're no longer in denial. So oh, when God you're no God. longer in de- denial, you are vulnerable. Um, but there's nothing wrong with vulnerability. You know, it, it it's a healthy fear. It's a vulnerable. bloody great thing if you think about it because – you do get the friendships, you do get the communication, you get the understanding. This you can't lose when you open the door. You can't re- you can't lose just like you can't lose with your connections on IAS mm-hmm. because Correct. they get it. They just get it. This is the best part about it, and it's like with the groups we're in, um, the sharing of conversations, the laughs, mm. the jokes, the seriousness oh, yeah. is there as well. When one person is struggling with something, there's someone there right. ready to hold yeah. their hand and guide them through. So you becoming friends with yourself, you've now got so many other friends. You've only got two hands, so I don't know how you're going to do it. But, you know, there's a lot of people holding your hand. <laughs> yeah, and the one thing, too, I've never cried with strangers either. I've, <laughs> I've never cried with strangers, the people I've never met. Mm-hmm. How weird is that? I never thought seven months ago that would happen, but it has happened. I've laughed, I've cried, I've shared more emotions, mm-hmm. and they're true honest emotions but they make you feel good at the end of the day i have felt so happy sometimes and then you want to burst yeah i know i've cried because how else am i going to get all this out (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, no there we are 
it's almost like you don't know what to do with yourself. It's like being a little two-year-old kid that gets something fabulous for Christmas, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, so excited. And every day is Christmas Day when you're sober. Yeah, because yeah, it is. it's a delight. It's an absolute delight. It's a joy yeah. to wake up sober. So we go to number three. We've admitted that we need help. You know, we can't do this alone. And we've, we're learning to accept help. These are two things that are paramount in recovery, admitting you need help and accepting it. <coughs> the next one is love. Um, I heard one that said to be extremely vulnerable where love is concerned is to have the courage to be the first one in a relationship to say, I love you. It is totally vulnerable. You're really opening yourself up. And when you can't be, you, when you can't allow yourself to be vulnerable in love, you're just putting up more barriers. Mm. Here we go back to yours with the trust. Mm -hmm. Because you're not willing to risk being hurt, but... Here's one for you. You can't go through life without being hurt. No, that's exactly right. And in the end, once you're in it, in a relationship, you're in it, and you can't really fight a lot of the natural feelings. Mm -hmm. People get attached whether they like it or not. And one day you wake up and go, oh, crap, all right. You know, they're all right or whatever you think. And you're in it. You're just in it. It develops, you know. Yeah, and also um, when you're not fully in it because you're trying to protect yourself from the pain of hurt, then you don't experience the full potential of that relationship and what it could be. No, you begin to self-destruct the relationship. It's easy. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, look at us with our friendships within our groups. We've, we're all vulnerable in there. Yeah, absolutely. And we embrace those um, friendships mm -hmm. fully. Yep, no judgment, because, no nothing. Yeah, that's it. Um, after love comes happiness. We've talked about happiness and how happy we feel. Mm. And it's the same kind of thing with the love. You, and you've got to be open to every emotion mm. because you can't pick and choose your emotions because on any given day you can feel anything. One of the things that we see within the um, sober community is how vulnerable people become when they allow themselves to disconnect mm. and also when they get very, very tired, the self-care doesn't take place. You become vulnerable to the thoughts. The old ways start creeping in. We had one a couple of days ago and she hadn't been able to do any self-care or she hadn't, I know as women, we get, get, we feel guilty when we take half an hour for ourselves sometimes that we should be doing this and we should be doing that. And it's learning to say, no, I'm not, I'm going to take half an hour. I'm just going to sit for half an hour mm. with a cup of tea and do nothing. That yeah. is self-care. And when you do that, you give your brain a chance to switch off. You give yourself a chance <clears throat> 
to relax. Because when you, when you can't relax, when you can't allow your brain to switch off, it's going 90 miles an hour. Happiness goes out the flipping window. Mm. You, you can't put a happy thought in there. No, and you can't function on exhaustion. No. And sometimes, like we say, we've laughed, we've cried. Mm. We've empathized with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been happy. I've been sad because um, I've got a friend. We always say there's a yin and a yang to everything. There's, everything has an opposite. And some people view vulnerability. Um, the old way was to view vulnerability as a negative emotion. <clears throat> vulnerability is an extremely positive emotion. Because and I hope we're conveying that. Yeah, I hope we're yeah, conveying that today. It, it, it's, it's a light emotion because the one thing we said way back in, in the start of this was when you become vulnerable, you open yourself up, you take yourself, you know, you let the light in yeah. practically. So if you let in the light in, it's a light emotion. It's a positive emotion because when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, asking for help is a positive thing. Admitting you need help is a positive thing. It's not a negative thing. Being, being, um, standing there and thinking, no, I'm not asking for help. That means I'm weak. That is a dark emotion. That's, you know, that's one of the dark emotions, just not acknowledging that you need help with someone, with something. Um, those can be dark emotions, can't they? Negative emotions. Um, there are so many emotions we've, we've run the gamut of, especially between our group. We've got fear. We've got grief. We've got uncertainty. But then you've got the opposites of them. You've got birth. You've got love. You've got uh, belonging. And belonging is huge because we belong to each other. We belong to ourselves more than anything, ourselves. We belong to ourselves. And I think... I'm dominating this conversation. I'm not letting you have anything to say, am I? Um, <laughs> yeah, you're doing fine. <laughs> and I think when we acknowledge ourselves, then we've got it to give to others. Mm-hmm. It's so right. You know, it's it's so true. And the belonging. I'm glad you brought that up because there are a lot of people who either may live alone or don't have. Mm-hmm a huge amount of connections with COVID and lockdown and being isolated. And again, isolation and loneliness, I truly believe are detrimental to your health. It's not normal for human beings to not want to be with someone. Even if you've just got one friend, it's better than being alone. And I think the fear too in a lot of relationships is that you know, you don't want to be out there vulnerable on your own if you really want to leave your partner, but you just can't make the move. Mm-hmm. Um, fear and vulnerability and probably kids and a few other things play a huge part. And you don't know what somebody's walking walking through or going through. You just don't. I, I um, everybody's did, situation is different. They did that campaign not long ago, didn't they, about... Um... Not everybody's disability is visible. That's right. You know. That's exactly right. Not everybody's disability is visible. And um, the 
what you were saying and what came to mind when you were just talking then was um, the one thing we keep saying within the sober community is connection. Connection mm-hmm. is the opposite of isolation and connection is the opposite of addiction. Yep. So to come out of both isolation and addiction, because addiction isolates you, you have to make the connections. Um, and the connections, here we go, folks. The connections are not going to come to you. You have got to get off your right yeah. royal ass and go mm-hmm. and find them. Yeah. If you yeah. truly want this, you're going to have to get off your butt and do some homework and not sit there going, whoa, whoa, is me. I'm, I'm not very good with people who sit there and say, whoa, is me. Yeah, look, it's okay yeah. for a bit. It's okay for a bit, but you can't. You're my one, two, three strikes, you know, you're out, girl. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to you complain once, maybe twice, but the third time, if you're not doing something about it, I don't want to hear about it again. Because all I am, you know, it's just you're wasting your breath when you could be doing something really positive at this very moment, but you're not. Do you know what I mean? And the belonging and and just being part of this community is so damn important, having somewhere to go. What we've seen, and and it's been, it's happened time and time again, is people who come into the Zooms who have not been for a while, and it happened to me on Saturday, they said, oh, my God, it's so good to be back. Because... The addiction wants you isolated. It wants you back for itself. This is what I've learned. And I said to you the other day, we are always vulnerable to addiction. It never goes away. It never will. And that is one thing I have learned in these last seven months, that I have to be on guard. I have to keep working. I have to be aware. And I have to stay connected. And it's like a drifter always says, you build those, you've got those neural pathways. Yep. And you build that pathway, your addictive pathway. It's there. That highway is there. Yep. But it's up to you. You have to do this work. It's up to you to build the new pathway. The other one is never going to go away. Like you say, it's always going to be there. It's going to be knocking on your door the whole damn time. Yep. Uh, But it's how you deal with it Mm -hmm. and how much you – one thing that (laughs) – Excuse my French, folks. One thing that pisses me off. That was gentle. (laughs) When you go to day zero and someone like, well, I was laying on the couch and I was bored, so I drank. What the mother? Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but you see the same people over and over. And God love them. They keep trying, but some people use the platform for different reasons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i should him. there we go my empathy went out the window then, didn't it? <laughs> it did for those oh come on so polly hard. where's your empathy they were bored oh for crying out loud so, are you an adult just, yeah can you not yeah, find <laughs> something go and bake a batch of cookies go for a walk you know go do some jumping jacks whatever there is no reason. <laughs> I'm just laughing at laughing. you, not at half anybody else, but you crack me up. <laughs> Go bake some. Oh my God. They come in a packet for God's sake, bake them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take. Just go to the shopping mall and wander around. You know, the, the money you were going to spend on a bottle of wine, buy yourself a nice coffee. Go you make know, some you friends in the supermarket. That's it. You'd be surprised who you meet in Walmart. Especially <laughs> <laughs> when you've got rollers in your head. Oh, my God, yes. Put your rollers in and your slippers on, girls. 
get into Walmart. You don't oh, know, you never know who you'll meet. But oh. anyway, <laughs> back on track. Yeah, okay. no, you, you're, right, you're right, though, about this whole. Look, and there are some people, I don't know about you, but I've had people in my life, God bless them, they weren't there for a long time, though, that just sucked the freaking life out of me. Mm. All they do was complain, a whinge, and complain a whinge. And everyone's allowed a whinge, don't get me wrong. But when it's endless, like how I eat today, I'm oh, not good. And I think, oh, shit, there goes another hour. And they haven't even asked how the hell you're doing. I think you're in the wrong friendship. <laughs> and I'm not being funny, but uh, nowadays I haven't got the time, you know. <laughs> I think that's a, God, like you just said, that's an hour of my it. life I've just wasted. You <laughs> know, know this is horrible. I, we sound awful, but when we're not we awful do. people, we're real. This is how we all feel yeah, at no. times. And especially in our sobriety, your time is so valuable. I'm thinking, hey, I could be reading up on this is it. What's that? I could be going for I could be going for a walk instead of getting bored laying on the sofa, you know. I could pick up a book. It's I'm called reading. Because I used to be the sofa lit. girl with the drink. And oh, I never oh my god. Cookies. Thank you, ma'am. We're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> I think we need to I gotta, yeah, I think we need to spend oh, a penny or something I'll, here. I'll but anyway, we'll take audience. a quick break. We will be back in a minute, folks, when we have ourselves <laughs> under control. And I'm sure this part of the podcast may not make it. <laughs> but hey, it's raw and it's real. So it's we'll be back in a minute. Real, oh God. <laughs> Okay, peeps, we're back. We've calmed ourselves down. <laughs> yes, we're together. Um, yeah. Number five on this list of six is being vulnerable helps you to develop deep, meaningful relationships. Yes, because when you're vulnerable, you are not fake. You are real. You are open. And you tend to attract like-minded people, I think. Yes, very much so. I couldn't agree with you more. And also, you know, it, I feel sort of sorry sometimes for men because this stigma of having to be masculine and, and not talk about oh. their feelings and all this sort of stuff. You know, how many women I know will come to me and say, oh, God, my husband doesn't talk, my husband doesn't express himself. And people say, oh, it's just men. I don't know that it is just men because we all feel what we feel. Men, it's not that men only get half the emotions. <laughs> They've got men feel they just don't. We feel anger. We feel sadness. Men feel anger. They feel sadness. Of course. Of course. Men have down joy days. joy and happiness, yeah. yeah. They communicate in a different way. Like my husband's a problem solutions guy, but he's always got my back. You know, he's like, and he, he's a thinker. Like the other day, there was something I didn't have. I come home and it was there. And even when I hit, you know, my milestone this week, he didn't say much except congratulations. And the next day there was a bottle of perfume sitting on my dressing table. Mm. Just little things that will yeah. show. Like he's just sweet like that, you know. So you can't um, have everything in one person sometimes is my point. No one is perfect. and That's right. Here we go with a friend Brene Brown again, yes. the gifts, gifts of imperfection. Of imperfection. Yeah. You know, and there's another way of being vulnerable, accepting yourself as you are. I am 68, right? Soon no. I will be, yeah, oh, God, truth. Yeah, I'll be 69 soon. Well, I'll be 69 next year. Um, and 
I don't look anything like I did when I was 58 even. And probably in another 10 years, because as we all know, everything starts, gravity takes over when you get older. Oh, God, and it um, takes over quick. <laughs> yeah. And I always joke that in 10 years, I'll be talking to you from my kneecaps, because by then, <laughs> everything will be <laughs> God, God, if my mom could hear me, she'd be, she'd say, oh, my God, this girl, you know, um, but anyway, <laughs> I since I have got sober, I mean, I've had a lot of I I make friends easily because I am very open. Mm-hmm. Um, this is me, you know, and. Uh, since I've got sober, I have developed some absolutely beautiful, deep, deep relationships. Um because I can be, I'm building my house from the foundation up, which means I've got nothing to hide. You know, when you see when they build a house and that framework goes up, you can see all the way through it. Nothing's hidden until the walls go up and my walls are not going up. I think I'll have an open plan house. You know, have a glass just, house, I'll have a glass house. That's it. That's a That's good one I'm to doing. have. I'll like just a put a roof house. on it. I want one yeah. on the side of a mountain, though, so as I can have this um, uh, beautiful view. You know, we'll get I don't want much, don't do worry. I? I don't no, want we'll much, get do I? Yeah. All in time. But no, you have to be very, very open in order to be, to find your friends, actually, because, and when you can be as open and relaxed as possible with people, they can give back. That's exactly right. We mirror That's where the, em- yeah, the empathy. And we all, we, it's funny because we all like people who are like us. And you can't have that sounds crazy, but you get on with people who are like us. We it's like looking in the mirror and things that you can relate to, because that's just the way the world works. You're not going to be everything to everybody. But not only that, we help other people as we learn things along the way and develop along the way. We also help other people learn and develop. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah, no, sharing. Hopefully, yeah. yeah, the sharing. And that's what comes from being deep and meaningful. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've got to allow yourself to be open and honest. Otherwise, it's not a deep and meaningful relationship. It's shallow. It's false. It can be fake. I can't stand fake people. Oh my you know, God, if you don't you. like me, that's fine. Just, you know, don't interact with me. Not everybody can like everybody. Some people will say, oh, the bloody woman. But that's fine. I would probably say the same about you sometimes. So, you know. The fake people think you can't see through them because they just actually believe that that's what they're like sometimes and you think, surely you can see this, surely, you know. And I've actually pulled some people up on it because, you know, I'm not the only one that comments on it and it's just I can't stand the bullshit, sorry. It's just, yeah, no. Yeah, fake people who are... Give it to me straight and we're fine. Just give yeah, it to me straight. It's, it's fine. Good or bad. That's, yeah, I, t- I can talk to my I can talk to my Dan. You can talk to your Paul. And um, yeah. my Dan will, um, he's a great one as a sounding board and he's so intelligent, this guy is, and makes me feel daft sometimes. Oh, you've got one he, of those too, Yeah, <laughs> because then all of a sudden he looks at you and says, hey, why don't you know this? 
<clears throat> I wouldn't be asking if I needed oh, to Mrs. find Google out. Come on, yeah, Mrs. Google. <laughs> Miss, no, Mrs. Google knows it because Mr. Google's in the other room. Yeah, I've got a Mr. Google too. Yeah. <laughs> but number six on this uh, journey of learning how re- vulnerability can help in recovery, and it's a lot of what people talk about is spiritual paths and i will read you what it says here about it number six is it is part of all spiritual paths Mm. all spiritual paths require that those engaging in them develop at least some level of vulnerability this is what opens you up to spiritual development and gives you the strength to let go to some type of higher power Living a life that is all about protecting your ego would be the opposite of following a spiritual path. If you want to make progress with practices such as meditation, then you need to be willing to open your mind and your heart. Here we go about being open. And Brene Brown says, don't armor up. And when she does it, she shows you a heart. And this heart is covered in metal armor. So in order to be vulnerable and to be spiritual, you have to open your heart. Yeah, things hurt in life. Yes, as we've known this past week within our community here Mm. in Sobertown, you can't, you, things happen that hurt so badly. You just don't know how you're going to go on. But fortunately for us, We carry on breathing and your heart carries on pumping. So while that happens, emotions will come at you and you will deal with them. They hurt, but you have to allow yourself to be open to it. You've got to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Just roll with the punches. Just just keep rolling. Keep feeling it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And um, for those that don't know, one of the ladies in our group and one of our ladies here on uh, the SoberTownPodcast.com yeah, told day. her story where she was so brave. She did a couple of interviews with me. I absolutely love this lady's sense of humor. Um, she laughs at herself. Tea Lover, who is one of our group, um, went away with her father, sister, uh, her husband, and a couple of other friends. Um, they love to scuba dive. And it was Tea Lover's 40th birthday. And they went scuba diving for her 40th birthday. Unfortunately, there was a tragic accident and Tea Lover's husband has passed away um, in the scuba diving accident. So um, the one thing I've loved this week is seeing how people have embraced to try and help her through her hurt because she is going to be in an extremely vulnerable place. I don't mean towards alcohol. That's not what we're talking about. Emotionally vulnerable mm-hmm. in and needing the support of others just to hold her hand and help her through. So this community has felt her has felt vulnerable this week with their emotions. But they've allowed those emotions to flow. They've allowed those emotions to happen and they've accepted them. And 
once you accept that it's okay to be vulnerable, it's not a negative emotion, then yeah. you can be open with both yourself and with other people. Yeah, I think it's been beautiful this week. How many people who I've just seen such a different side of a lot of other people because fortunately we haven't, well, I personally since I've been on the app, haven't dealt much trauma or really bad news. I mean, sobriety has been our main focus, but when one we love is touched so deeply by something, the emotion, the love, the dedication, because this woman she is just brilliant mm -hmm. and it's just so beautiful to see everybody come together and realize how powerful this community is this community is rising strong in order to absolutely this community is rising strong in order to support tea lover who fought in the words of mr drifter fought her ass off in oh, the arena yeah to get sober mm. and she and has determined no, to stay there yeah yes she has no intention of drinking um now that's a warrior yes we have a true warrior in our midst and that was beautiful um but we're not gonna end on a sad note we're gonna we're gonna carry on with the vulnerability, and when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you allow yourself to be wholehearted. Mm. And to live wholeheartedly is to be worthy, it's to love, and it's to belong. And in order to do all of those, you need to be courageous, compassionate, and connected. And we have learned compassion this week for someone who's struggling. So we have embraced that one. We have admired the courage. Mm -hmm. And we have all connected and helped her stay connected in order to work through. This, this is where the deep, meaningful relationships come in when everybody can come together and support. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and the spiritual path is living your life open. And a higher power can be anything. My higher power, I mean, I do believe in God. I will say that. I was raised Catholic. I did my catechism, I went to church, I went to confession. Bless me, you know, Father, for I have sinned. Good job I don't go now. I'd never get out of the it's place. Be a long one. Yeah, that would be a long <laughs> one this time. But <laughs> me too. <laughs> Bless me, Father. Um, and um, if there's any priests listening, I do apologize. <laughs> I am not being derogatory. We're being honest and vulnerable. Yes, we're being vulnerable. Yeah, we're being honest and open. We're real people here. We're not um, we're not fake people. Anyway, um, but to me, my higher power is um, Mother Nature. I love Mother Nature. I find joy, so much joy in Mother Nature. But to me, my, 
I suppose opening my eyes every morning sober is one of the best things I can do. And that's a higher power. Correct. I was going to say that's the higher power in itself. Yeah. The joy that you feel just being sober. Yeah. Happiness. You know, it, it being it, it's all right to laugh. And even in horrible circumstances, sad circumstances, don't be afraid to laugh at a memory because laughter is all part of life. You've got to celebrate life, baby. Yes. In every, in every aspect. And I tell you what, we are celebrating life here um, in that we've laughed so much. You and I are going to do another part of this. We're going to put out a call for people to, to give us some input. Yeah, but really, I, that's what we want. Mm-hmm. I have so enjoyed doing this with you. Good. I hope it um, helps a lot of people out there because it certainly helped me. And like the one thing you said was um, about the vulnerability and the addiction. Quote that one again for people because I think that is so important. Um, yeah, basically that we are always vulnerable in our addiction, that it never goes away. Um, that's what it said here. Vulnerability for addiction never goes away. And that's from Catherine Gray, isn't it? That is through Catherine Gray's um, new book, Warm, Sunshine, Sober. Yeah. And this is a lady who has been sober for eight years and is still working on her sobriety. Working on your sobriety never ends because there is so much joy in it that the longer you stay sober, the the fear of ever drinking, as Karina and I said the one time, the fear of ever drinking again is um, scary. To me, that's that's a dark hole, Mm. Mm. Um, the ever drinking again. I'm never going to say never because you never know what's going to happen in your life. So we never say never. Um, I want to thank you. Go ahead. I was just going to say, no, I was just going to say before we go, Polly, it's just like I feel like I'm really part of a special club now that's really hard to get into, but I got there. <laughs> One of the cool like, kids. You know, it's, like, it's like this Mrs. says, oh, you're at the VIP table now. That's it. You know One what I mean? You're one of the cool kids now. It, it really is. I really do think that. And I was talking to some people in Australia, a really good friend of mine this morning, <laughs> and she was talking about people she knows getting sober, and I really think we're on the trendy path. I really do. And for those who follow, God bless you. I am so blessed to be here mm-hmm. and it's surreal. But I thank each and every one of you every day and uh, thanks for listening. And I'm sorry that we got a bit uh, a bit crazy, but Polly and I tend to do, <laughs> tend well, we to do, do that. that. But we're <laughs> real, raw and unfiltered. Mm. And it's so enjoyable. It's just yeah. enjoying life like you. It's good to laugh. Um, oh, even, you know, awesome and laugh. the old expression, laughter is the best medicine, is so true. I laugh because... <laughs> <laughs> I've laughed till I've cried sometimes with you and with <laughs> others. It's just, it's a joy. It really, really is. And like I say, um, Debs and I will be back to do another part to this one because it's such an interesting subject. And the one thing about getting sober is you have to learn to feel the feels you have to learn that feelings are going to hurt you at times but if they hurt you it means you're alive you know um and 
it's not going to last forever. If you're having a rough day, it's one day. It's 24 hours. Can you can live through. Or not. Yep. Yeah, can you can live through 24 hours because I tell you what, believe it or not, the sun sets every day. Mm. And the sun rises on another day all the time. It never stops. Time will be ticking. And and so if you're having a bad day tomorrow, you can go to bed tonight. And tomorrow, if you're having a bad day today, sorry, that's it. That's a senior mouth talking, you know. Um, If you're having a bad day today, you could go to bed tonight and get up tomorrow and have an absolutely wonderful day. There's nothing to stop it. But... If you are in the doldrums, then get your ass out there and get something done to get yourself out of it. Connect. Connect. Find someone to talk to. Go into the I Am Sober app. You know, read stories, read milestones. Uh, see get how on Sober people... Town. Yes. Get on Sober and Town. Go to SoberTownPodcast.com. Read and listen to Todd's blogs. Those are amazing. Those blogs are. This is a young man in his early 30s who is now committed to the sober life. He fought like tea lover. He fought his ass off to get sober. And he's done a lot of research into sobriety and the effects of drinking on the body. And his last one that he just did, you know, your priority. Mm -hmm. Number one priority. Mm -hmm. And in sobriety, your number one priority is yourself. There you go. Be your own best friend. Yeah. Just as you said, be your own best friend. So I will say to you, no sippy, no slippy. I will speak on behalf of Karina. And I can see this little lady laughing in the corner now, because whenever I say no sippy, no slippy, she starts falling (laughs) off a chair with laughter. It's good fun. It's good. Being sober is fun. It really it is, is fun. fun. It's it's the best you will ever feel. You will never, ever feel like this drunk, I can tell you now. And it's memorable. Yes, it is. And Karina <laughs> always memories. says, yeah, Karina says not another drop no matter what. Yeah, go Karina. We'll go back to what uh, King said when we interviewed her before. And what did you say? WWMD? What would mother do? (laughs) Mother would say, live your life and enjoy it and enjoy it sober. Folks, Debs and I will be back to do another part to this. And we hope you come in and listen. Go to SoberTownPodcast.com for any and all resources. We don't just talk about I Am Sober app. There is a lot of 12-step stuff on there from AA. We are a platform that will examine all and every means of getting sober we're not a just we're not, we don't just deal with one thing you will find so many resources there because there are so many ways to do this journey so the folks thank you very much and from me polly i wish you a happy day no sippy no slippy and from my uh, co-host today the delightful debs she will say <laughs> to you <laughs> thanks for listening guys i really enjoyed being here thank you karina for your chair um you can have it back when you get back <laughs> and that won't be long we're pulling into the station we will disembark the sober train which we love riding the sober train into the absolutely amazing world of sobriety so thank you folks for listening and we will catch up with you another time goodbye
Bye.